discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. What a blessing. It's great to have all of you around. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you are welcome to the Believers Convention. It's good to have you here. I can see great men and women of God here. I have some of our sons and daughters. You are welcome, men of God. God bless you. And all, I have pastors from everybody. I didn't know that they were going to come. It's good to see all of you. Pastor Eugene, Pastor, Pastor Gideon, Pastor Antody. Everybody, thank you for coming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe we came to hear God's word. I believe we came to receive from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we are going to pray and then we'll take our seats and then we'll start. Hallelujah. The Lord is going to take us away into another level altogether. Do you believe it? Kindly lift up your right hand towards heaven. Father, we are grateful. Father, we are thankful. Only you can do these things. We just want to say thank you. We just want to say we are grateful. We want you to know how much we love you and how much we appreciate you. Thank you for all that you have done in us, for us, and with us. Thank you that this afternoon... You bring another level of light to us all together and change our levels all together in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for elevations in the spirit. Thank you for manifestations of your word. Thank you for light like never before. Thank you for healing like never before. Thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders that are happening practically amongst us today in the name of the Lord Jesus. Dear Holy Spirit, take absolute control and let your perfect will be done. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. I'd like to welcome all of you once again to our first ever Believers Convention. Hallelujah. It's good to see. I'm seeing some people from Kumase. Even though it was not for you, you have come. God bless you. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I'm sharing with us on um, a very important subject. And I have titled it, by the grace of God, 10 Facts of the New Birth. 10 Facts of the New Birth. 10 Facts of the New Birth. Now, it's, a, it's going to be a long one, so I want you to try and pay attention. Okay? Because I feel 
led by the Spirit to share along these, these lines with all of us. I believe that it's going to help us. The first point I've made here, which is not part of the ten, is that knowledge of God's word is important. And that it determines the quality of your Christian life. How many of you agree with what I'm saying? The knowledge of God's word that you have determines the quality of Christian, the quality of your Christian life. I mean, you can be a Christian for a long time. This is a believer's convention. It's for believers. It's for Christians. So I'm expecting that at least you are born again. If you are not, I'm going to lead you to Christ. But we invited you to just, you know, share with you on things that you really need to know. That will help you. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13, the prophet Isaiah said something very important. Can you show it to us on the screen, please? He says, therefore, my people, these are God's people. He says, my people are gone into captivity. God's people go into captivity. All the captivity that you may see around, you can have a Christian who is not doing well, um, financially is not doing well, physically, health-wise, is not doing well, psychologically, is not doing well, emotionally, is not doing well, in a lot of things, you see. And you see us organizing programs and people are crying out to the Lord, and, and all of that. We were in a program not long ago, some, some time ago. And, you know, I noticed how Christians were crying out to God for, for a solution, for something to be done. And I noticed that there's something that is lacking um, amongst us as Christians in this country. Do you see? God had asked for this program to be done already. And I just knew that God would want me to share along the lines I'm going to share with us. Like I said, the quality of your life is dependent on the knowledge of God's word that you have. Tell you about the quality of Christian life that you have is determined by your knowledge of God's word. It says, therefore, my people are gone into captivity. The captivity is as a result of no knowledge. It is because they have no knowledge. And because of that, their honorable men are famished. Honorable men famished. And their multitude are dried up with thirst. Their honorable men are famished. They are struggling. It's like what is written in Psalm 82, you know, where David says that they know not, neither would they understand. You see, they walk on in darkness. Then he says, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. They know not. It's so important that you get to know. That is why when the missionaries came to Ghana and to other places in Africa, the first thing they tried to do was to educate the people to be able to read. Because if you're unable to read, you, you have a very, it will be very difficult. And when they attempted to make them read, they decided to make them read in their own language so that they can understand the Bible. The aim was for them to be able to understand the word of God. That was the aim. They know no, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Things are not working the way it's supposed to work. Next verse, verse 6. It says, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the most high. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Why? Because they know not. Neither 
will they understand? You see, it's like there's a certain willingness that you must have to be able to understand. If you are not willing, you can't be helped if you are not willing. So I'm glad you came because there's a certain willingness in your heart. Yes. And because there's a willingness in your heart, God will help you. You see. God, how does God help his people? He says he sent forth his word. And he, he uses his word for everything. God is not coming down to come and do anything. What you are supposed to do, he has done. And we need to understand. If we don't understand what he has done, it becomes a problem. So we are crying out for things he has already done. And shouting to him in prayers and fasting and everything about things that he's already accomplished for us. Do you see the difficulty? Yes. There's a scripture in uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9, right? Come and look at it. And hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. Then it says, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Through knowledge shall the just, the righteous ones, God's righteous children of children are delivered. All the deliverance is, can you imagine that? The witches and the wizards and the things that we are dealing with. The poverty we are dealing with, all the things we are dealing with, is as a result of ignorance. It's because we don't know something. I also come from a home. I come from a family. I have a home. I have altars in my home. Or you don't have, or they are altars, they are family altars. They are witches and wizards. There are things in my home. Someone in my, one of, one of, someone related to me said that she believes that, you know, her destiny has been locked up in a particular room. In, 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 in the house at the village. Yes. And she believes it so strongly. And it's working in her life. Knowledge. I, all those things can end if only you know that you are a child of God and that you are from a different family and that you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All the problems will come to an end. If only you get to know and agree with it. Agree that this, this particular thing is true in my life. Can two walk together except they be agreed? How can God walk, walk with you except you agree with what he's saying concerning you? So God is saying something about you and you are saying something else about yourself. It's not going to work. So all the struggles, I'm not the one saying it. It's in the Bible. It's in the, I'm not the one saying it. Yes. You shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Shall make you free. So your freedom is based on the knowledge of the truth that you have. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, right? Look at it. My people, these are God, he's, he's qualifying them all. Notice from Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13. He says, My people, my people, my people, <laughs> oh, my people, eh? my people. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity. This is Isaiah 5 13. Then Hosea 4 6 says that, My people. God's people, so God is not in doubt that you are his, you are his, or you belong, no, he's not in doubt, it's a, it's a matter of whether you know that you are his or not, you can be a Christian who does not know that God, you belong to God, and that God belongs to you, and that God is on your behalf, that God is not fighting you, God is not against you, God is not trying to destroy your life, you'd be surprised, and how many Christians think that God has something against them. That God is offended at them because of one thing or the other. 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Then he says, because thou has rejected knowledge, because this is what a lot of the children do. They reject the knowledge that comes to them. They think it's not, it's not powerful enough. They don't have time for his word. They don't, they don't have time to hear what he has to say. Let's do something. I mean, probably you prefer that as you have come for this meeting, I'm mixing some, some things. Some oil and porridge with some cinnamon something. Then I call it, I give it a name. And then all of us line up and we are drinking it. For our deliverance, for our healing, for our blessings, for everything that we, we need in our lives. As though what Jesus did was not enough. What Jesus did was not enough. Jesus has come to die. If, you be, if you're a child of God, if you're a believer, then you believe that Jesus is the son of God. And you believe that Jesus came to come and die on the cross of Calvary. That's what you believe. Now, if you believe that he did come to die on the cross, then you must believe that what he did on the cross is good enough. It's compl- a lot of Christians don't believe that the, the cross of Christ is complete enough. They don't think that the work of Christ... You see, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter, um, chapter 2, verse 2. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 2. Paul said, For I determined not to know anything... Anything among you, I determined, I decided that I will not know any other thing. I will not allow any other thing. I will not engage in any other thing among you, except Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus, and him crucified, his work. Jesus and his work. Jesus and his work is more than enough to take care of your family problems. Jesus and his work is more than enough to take care of the family altars that are in your house. You dare be there and say, but I know that generational curses are there. What, what about what Jesus came to do? Listen, I just heard in the spirit, you are young, that's why I'm talking like that. Yes, you are young, that's why I'm talking like that. I'm older, I'm older than Jesus when he was on earth. I'm older than him. When he, when he died, when he, the age he died, I'm more than that age. And he's the one we are serving. So I don't know what you are still doing with age. What, I don't know what you are still doing with age at this time in your life. Forget about the age. What has the word of God said? Let's, let's, let's read the Bible and see what God has said. Let's just check and see. Hallelujah. So knowledge makes all the difference. Honestly. And you see, sometimes we have the knowledge, but it's not consistent. You see, we, we slip into other things. Every now and then, yes. uh, we slip into, hey, there are some cases in my family. So I believe that Jesus has carried the case for me. I believe that Jesus, you know, if you read in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, the Bible mentions how that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You know, being made a curse for us. Is that what some people say? This is the curse of the law. It's not every other case. The curse of Noah is still functioning in my life. The case of harm eh, is still functioning in my life. Well, the truth is that it's there. There's a case there. We don't doubt that there are cases are there. Yes. There's a case of the ground. It's there. There's a case of Noah. It's there. There's a case of the law. It's there. All those things. There's a case of Adam. Eh, it's, it's the case of Adam is actually the case of the earth. It's there. They are all there. It's true. 
But when you get born again, something actually happens. Something actually happens. Oh. And it's not fake. It is not, it's not, um, it's, it's true. It actually happens. Jesus actually delivers you from all the curses in your family, from all the curses in your country, from all the curses of Adam or the earth, from all the curses of every curse that you can think about. One of the things Jesus made sure he did was to carry the crown of thorns for you and I. One of the things he also managed to do was to take the vinegar. He took the vinegar. Do you see? The vinegar represents family curses, generational curses. He decided to take the vinegar and he decided to take the crown of thorns so that you will not have an excuse today and say that there are some generational curses. How are you going to deal with it? Which of your family members are you going to see? How are you going, how are you going to break it? That means that you are going to pray all your life about this particular thing. <laughs> Every family has something on. I am not doubting that it's true. I mean, there are families where the ladies do not marry, but they have plenty of children. Have you seen some before? I'm not doubting that it's not there. It's there. There are families where all the guys are drunkards. Yes, I know a minister friend, one of my one of my very close friends. You know, his family, all the guys are all they are all drunkards. He's the only one who is not a drunkard. And what accepts him is that he's born again and he knows what it means to be born again. He knows it. He knows what it means. Some people are born again, but they don't know what it means. Just to help us to understand some of these things that I believe will help us. Okay? Praise the Lord. So number one fact. Ten facts of the new bed. Number one fact of the new bed is that you are in Christ. Number one is that you are what? When you get born again, you actually become a member of the body of Christ. You are now in Christ. In John chapter 14, verse 20, Jesus himself said this, that at that day you shall know that I am in my Father. At what day? At these days, when he's not around physically. He says, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father. And you shall know that you are in me. And you shall know that I am in you. It's a, it's a required knowledge in these days. It says, at that day you shall know that I am in my Father. And you shall know that I am you are in me, and I am in you. When you get born again, something actually happens. There's a movement from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. You are moved. That's in Colossians chapter, chapter 1. Let's look at the Colossians chapter 1 verse 11. Strength with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us partakers, which has made us meet or qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There's an inheritance that you are made a part of. Next verse. Verse 13 is what I want you to see. It says, who has delivered us? Did he say he's going to deliver us? Did he say he's trying to deliver us? Did he say he's thinking about delivering us? He says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has moved us or translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? We have been moved practically. Not He's not trying to do it. He's moved us practically from darkness into light. From the kingdom of the devil into the kingdom of God. Into the, the, the kingdom of God himself. Look at the next verse. Then he says, in, in whom? In Christ. In Christ, because that's what it means. When you come into the kingdom of, the, of his dear son, you actually come into him himself. Because the, the son is the place where you arrive. Okay. Jesus is not only a person, he's also a place where you arrive. 
When you get born again, you arrive in the place called Christ. You become a member of the body of Christ. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And so you see this particular statement, in whom? In Christ, in him. Plenty all over the place. And I'm going to show you some. Okay. Just to help you understand that you are now in a different environment altogether. As a child of God, you are in a different environment altogether. You are in a different place altogether. And that place is called Christ. Jesus is the place where you have arrived now. So God is cutting you to have a consciousness of Christ in you. To become Christ in you conscious as a child of God. You need to, you need to learn to become Christ in you conscious. That you are... I'm not in my family. I'm now in another place. I'm not in Ghana. I'm now in a, I'm in a different place. I'm in, I'm in a place called Christ. I'm in Christ now. I'm in Christ now. Reminding yourself, knowing and reminding yourself of where you have arrived at will do a lot for you. Point one alone is a whole service. Hallelujah. Yes. You see that phrase, in whom, in whom, in whom, in whom. When you get born again, you come into Christ. You come into Christ. Tell about I'm in Christ. God wants you to be Christ in you, you in Christ conscious. He wants you to be in Christ conscious. In Christ conscious. You can be in Ghana conscious. And so, everything that is happening in the country affects you. When the economy is changing, it's affecting you. When there's a pandemic, it affects you. Everything affects you. because It's just because of how conscious you are of where you are naturally. That's all you are looking at. You are looking at the fact that you are, this is my environment, this is my world, this is where I belong, this, this is what I can do, my ability, this is what, this is what I can do, this is what I can do. Because of the nation where I am, because of where I was born, because of my family, because of this one, because of that. In my family, there's genetic, there's a, a certain genetic illness. It affects you whenever you, when you turn, when you turn 40 going, it starts coming. I remember seeing my father having that. So, you know, as human as we are, as you get there, you also become like that. On Sunday, I was talking about a certain woman who at 83 is still walking like I'm walking now. Yes, because she, she doesn't see herself. She, she's not looking at herself along the lines of what happens naturally. No, 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 no. No, Moses was 120, not bent, not lying down, none of those things. So you can also go 120, not bent, none of those things. If only you remember where you can. Oh, you need, just remember that I'm not of this world. I'm not of this world. I'm now in Christ. What are the things that are in Christ? The first thing that the Bible mentions, you see, if you read in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, very popular scripture. I'm sure we can chorus it, isn't it? One to go. Behold, all things are become new. Have you seen it? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if you are in, he didn't say if he be in Ghana, or if he be in America, or Kumerica. He didn't say that. He says, if any man be in Christ, if you are in Christ, then you are new. He says, he's a new creation. All things are passed away. All the old things. All the old things. All your past sins. 
your present sins and your future sins. All the old things are passed away. All the altars are passed away. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you should engage yourself in finding out what are these new things that have happened? Why is this new place that I've arrived? Where have I arrived now? Where am I living now? What are these new things that are in this new place that I am in? The word works. I'm, I'm just sharing with you things that what, what I'm, I've preached it for years. And it has worked in our lives for years. By the grace of God. Yes. The economy is whatever, it won't affect us. The world is going down, it won't affect us. That's the truth, by the grace of God. So reminding yourself, knowing, and reminding yourself of where you have arrived now. You are now in Christ. You are now in a new place, new place called Christ. And you must become in Christ conscious. In Christ conscious. In Christ conscious. Tell me about you must become in Christ conscious. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm in Christ. You have to spend, don't, don't say it takes too long. No, take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Okay? Yes. Look for the verses in the Bible. There's a book by Kenneth E. Hagen on it. In him. That's the, that's the title of the book. It's a very small book. Very powerful book. In him, he just shows you the scriptures concerning what you have become. Or where you are. Where you have arrived. We have arrived somewhere. Stop, stop, stop talking about things that are not in the Bible. Stop mentioning experiences. About how you dreamt and a witch was chasing you and you woke up and it cut, it, it, she cut you in the, in, the, in the dream. And when you woke up, it was there. Yeah, it was there because you because of your believing. It's because of your believing. Whatever you believe in is what brings power. Yes. Believing is what brings power. I mean, what you believe will happen is what is going to happen. Yes. Your thinking is affected by what you know. And your thinking is what affects your believing. And your believing is what affects your living. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you think it's not going to work, it's not going to work. I can promise it's not going to work. What did Job say? That which I greatly fear is come. So what you are afraid of is what will come. What you are, it's like, oh, this thing, I think that, I, I, I think that it's going to. You, you can be confessing and you can be confessing positively, but then there's fear in your heart. There's negative, whatever. Do you see? Uh, oh, the, I, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Is it gonna work? It's gonna work. It's gonna work. Is it gonna work? It's gonna work. It's gonna work. Is it gonna work? It was just a constant battle. What has God said? Let me show you some of the things that have happened now that you are in Christ. Okay. Number one, you are blessed in Him. You are blessed in Christ. In Christ, all you enjoy is blessings. Blessings. Blessings of, of a good marriage. Blessings of your children being correct. Blessings of you having good things happening around you. Blessings of all kinds. 
All kinds, all kinds of blessings. Blessing your going in, blessing your coming out, blessing every single thing that you do. The blessings in Deuteronomy 28 are yours because you are in Christ and beyond. So in Ephesians chapter 4, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Did I say Ephesians 1 4? No, Ephesians 1 verse 1. Let's read from verse 1. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Faithful where? In Christ. So in Christ Jesus, you are faithful. Even before you start, you are faithful. Then it says, next verse, verse 2, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 3 is what I want to say. It's, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all, not some, all, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places where? In Christ. Are you in Christ? Yes. If you are in Christ, then it means that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Not some. All. All. So every blessing you can find in the scriptures is yours. Don't think that, oh, maybe I need to do something to get it. No. You get it by virtue of your, your new birth. When you get born again, you are born into a place of blessings. So you are the blessed of God. Say, I'm the blessed of God. Yeah. You need to, you need to believe it. You need to know it. Just believe it. And until it starts working in your life. As you start confessing it for yourself, it starts working for you. As you believe it and confess it, it starts working for you. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. With all spiritual blessings. Someone said, hey, he said, he said spiritual blessings. He didn't say physical blessings. No. If you've read your Bible small, you will notice that every physical thing comes from the Spirit. Yes. Every physical thing comes from the Spirit. So all the physical blessings you are thinking about, all the physical blessings that you are looking for, all the physical blessings that you are, you are sowing for, you can be sowing for it. You are blessed. <laughs> yes. You are blessed with good marriage. You are blessed with good children. You are blessed with a good job. You are blessed with money. You are blessed with health. You are blessed with every single thing you can think about. So you go about, you see, some of these things changes your confidence in life. Instead of walking around like this, I don't know how my life is going to be. I don't know. You see, you can stay in your room and be and have a pity party, have a sadness, sadness, uh, whatever. Is it true? Yeah. You can be in your room. Nobody is there with you, only you. And you are so sad. You are so depressed because of thoughts. Flowing through your mind because of the knowledge you have. Yeah. The knowledge you have. The knowledge you have is just around you. What, uh, uh, this, this is what I have. When I check my bank accounts. My, my bank account has... I have negative balance. How, how is my life going to be? You are even owing. No, don't look at Honestly, listen. The way to come out of the problem is not to brood over the problem. The way to come out of the problem is to brood over the word of God. Remember that this, in, this place where you have arrived, the one who is in charge of the place, is the one who can multiply bread. He multiplies bread. When there's nothing, he gets something out of it. He calls those things that be not as though they were. He speaks to darkness to produce light. That's what he does. 
So if only you remember and take your eyes off what you have and what you don't have, and I don't have this one, I don't have that, I don't. If only you can take your eyes from that. Jesus told Peter, look on me, don't look around. Peter asked him, if it's you, tell me to come on the, come, come on the, on the sea, come to you. Jesus said, come. He started walking, but then he started looking around. He, Peter is the first human being born of a man and a woman who walked on, who walked on water. He did walk on water. Mysteriously, he walked on water. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he started sinking. The problem of believers is that we take our eyes off our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We forget about who he is. And we look at the circumstances, the challenges, the problem, the wind, the boisterous wind, the, all the problems. That's what we look at. And when you look at those things, what happens? Yes. He started sinking because he became afraid. Yes. So please, I'm begging you. Yeah. I'm begging you. Let's take our eyes off the things and, and look at where we have arrived. We are in Jesus. We are in Christ. In him, there's supply. Yes. In him, there's blessings. In him, there's goodness. In him, there's love. In him, there's joy. In him, there's every good thing you can think about. Can you do that? Can you take your eyes off the problems? Can you take, can you take your eyes off the, the fact that the, 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 there's no money? There's no husband? Or your husband is fooling around? Your wife is fooling around? Your children are causing you problems? How, how, is, how is it going to change? It's going to change by taking your eyes off the problem and looking onto Jesus. That's why Paul said, I've decided to not know anything amongst you except Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the person, what, who he is, what he is. Yes. What he can do. What he does. Yes. And what he has done. And his work. Hallelujah. In Christ, you are chosen and accepted. Can you imagine that you are chosen and accepted? Tell me, I'm chosen and I'm accepted because I'm in Christ. These are facts, oh. These are facts of the, of the, of the born again experience. Are you born? If you're born again, these are things that have really actually happened. You are in Christ, and what it means is that you are blessed. What it means is that you are chosen and you are beloved. Same verses. Hmm? First, Ephesians chapter 1, where we're reading. It's all over. If you just go to Ephesians chapter 1, you'll be surprised. You just see it. In him, in whom, in Christ, in him, in whom, in Christ, in him, in whom, in Christ. You'll be shocked. You'll, be, you, you'll become happy. You'll become confident. Because this is what God has actually done for you. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 verse 4 now. He says, according as he has chosen us in him. He has chosen you. So even if that boy did not choose you. Jesus chose you. Jesus has chosen you. Jesus says that you are accepted. Eh? According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. In Christ you are chosen. If you are in Christ, then you are chosen. You are a chosen person. Like you are special. I'm special. I'm yeah. So as you are sitting, you are a very special person. You are not easy at all. 
you are a very, very special person, I tell you. Yeah. Have you read First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 before? Let's read it. Let's read it. First Peter 2, 9. First Peter 2, 9. Verse 9, please. But you were a chosen generation. A chosen generation. Let's read the Amplified. It's nicer in the Amplified. Amplified classic. But you were a chosen race. A royal priesthood. A dedicated nation. Then it says God's own purchased special people. God's own what? Purchased special people. And he's not talking to everybody. He's talking to you in person. See, I'm chosen. See, I'm special. So instead of going around looking at yourself in a certain way, looking at your how big your nose is, how big your head is, eh? I don't have bottoms. My breast size is not the size I want it to be. Hey! See everything about me special. Yeah. Someone says so I'm bow legged. I'm bow legged. Because I'm bow legged. I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like. You'll be surprised. That one is choice. You'll be surprised. Hey! You are special. Every morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm special. Instead of crying about a lot of things, you see, the ladies cry about a lot of things. (laughs) Ask the nearest lady by you, how are you? (laughs) I'm special. Instead of looking at your skin color. And then allow your skin color to limit you in life. You say to yourself, no door in this world can shut to me. I am chosen by the greatest of all. Yes, the almighty says that he has chosen you. He says that you are accepted. In Christ, he has accepted you. With all your, don't say, oh, as for me, I don't know, my character is not good. God, God likes God knows about your bad character and still says that you are his beloved. He says you are, you, he likes you. He likes you. Yeah. It's like marrying, marrying a guy who, who may have some problems and you are well. And you're like, oh, this one I can live with it. It's this one I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind. Come, I like, I like you. I still like you. I still like you. Hey! God says I like you. Yes, I like you. Yes. Sometimes we look at we look at how, how we were born. Maybe we are born out of wedlock. Or it, there was no father. There was no whatever. So it's like uh, you allow it to affect you so much. They tried to take you out. It didn't work, and then you came. It makes no difference what happened. You are here now. Now you are born again now. And because you are born again, God says that. I like you. You are, you, are, you are my chosen. You are my beloved. You are my special one. Yeah, you are my special one. I like you. I love you. I cherish you. I don't joke with you. I, I died for you. I gave my blood up for you. I like you. Just, just say I like you too. I like you too, Lord. And accept yourself. 
accept, accept that you are liked. Accept that you are loved. It will change a lot of things about you. Yes. It will make you more confident as a child of God. Instead of going around looking for a lot of like, looking for validation all over the place and falling into all kinds of troubles. All, all kinds of things. You have a problem. <laughs> I'm accepted. Yes. I'm chosen. You are going for a job interview. You say to yourself, I'm accepted. Jesus accepts me. Everywhere I go, I'm accepted. If the greatest of all accepts me, who is the man that will not accept me? I am favored by the greatest of all. Therefore, everyone favors me. I am favored wherever I go. I'm given preferential treatment. Can you, can you, God, say, God says that you are his own special purchased possession. Special purchased possession. It doesn't matter where you have come from. You may have come from a very thick village. I'm, I'm talking, I'm telling you what God says about you. God, knew, God knows you. He knows where you are. He knows what is going on with you. He knows everything about you. And he says, I like you. I love you. I've chosen you. I prefer you. Why? Because you are in, you are in Christ. When he looks at you, do you know who he sees? He sees Jesus. He sees Christ. When he looks at you, he doesn't see that he sees Jesus. You see, in the Old Testament, there were 48 boards that were used to, you know, to put up the tabernacle. Okay? And they were made up of wood, overlaid with gold. You see, the wood represents humanity. In the Bible, Bible t- in the Bible, where wood represents humanity, and gold represents righteousness, divinity, the divine life of God. Can you imagine that in the New Testament, the in Him, in Christ, is forty-eight. There are forty-eight references to in Him, in Christ, in whom forty-eight of them, showing you, just showing you what has what God did in the Old Testament to let you know when He looks at you, He's not seeing wood, He's not seeing your humanity, He's seeing the divinity that you are covered in. Yes, you are covered in divinity. So you are accepted by God. God likes it when you are around him. Yes, a lot of people are running away from God because they feel that they are not accepted. Because of some one or two things that they have done. One or two or three or four. One or two or three or four. <laughs> Tell anybody you are accepted. Give your neighbor a high five and say, God likes you. Wow. You never know. You have to give your neighbor a high five. You never know what the Lord can do for you. Your neighbor can be a lady. Your neighbor can be a guy. If it's a lady, you know what I'm talking about. If it's a guy like you, then it means that you can get a business partner. You never know. It's also a good thing. Hallelujah. So don't be too stiff in the house of God, okay? Point number one. We are still on the point number one. You are in Christ, okay? Uh huh. You are in Christ. So Christ in you is blessings. Christ in you is chosen. You are chosen and accepted. And Christ in you is that is also means that you have an inheritance. Yes, you have inheritance. There's an inheritance left for you. I don't know if you ever had an inheritance. Have you ever had an inheritance? Not yet. Some people also had 
those who are supposed to live inheritance for them and didn't live. Whether your father left inheritance for you or not, in Christ you have something bigger. Yeah. You have something greater, which is far better than physical things. Yes. So the next is Ephesians chapter 1. We read verse, verse 4, right? Okay. Um, go to verse 11. Look at this. It says, in, in Christ also, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. In Christ also we have obtained an inheritance. There's, there's inheritance for you. Someone called Jesus Christ has left an inheritance for you. Yes, Jesus died. And when he died, he left an inheritance for you. Yes. Can you imagine? And it's all over in the Bible. We read one in Colossians chapter 1. Uh, verse, verse 12. Let's look at giving thanks unto him, unto the Father, which has made us part meet or qualified us, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the things in life. So there's an inheritance of the things that is given to us when we get born again. He's light. Jesus is light. So he says he has been the partakers of the inheritance of the things in light. So in Christ, there's an inheritance for you and I. Do you see? And I want to show you some of the inheritance. Go to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Let's read from verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. He's talking about millions and billions, but he couldn't. There were no words of millions and billions during their time. Yes. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the lamb. Who is he talking about? He's talking about Jesus, right? Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power. So he was slain for, for a purpose. He was killed for a purpose. He was killed to receive something. What did he receive? He received power. And he received riches. And he received wisdom. And he received strength. And he received honor. And he received glory. And he received blessings. Have you seen it? Yeah. He was slain to receive all these things. Now, what, what did he receive it for? He received it to give it to you. If you read in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, the Bible says that we are joint heirs. Look at it. Romans 8 says, and if children, if we are children of God, then it says we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So that's, we, are, we are heirs of God. We have an inheritance. An heir is one who has something. Isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Now, what do we have in Christ? What we have is blessings. What we have is power. What we have is glory. What we have is riches. What we have is wisdom. What we have is honor. Strength. All these things have Jesus received them for you. So go around like one who's blessed. Go around like someone who has strength. Oh, yes. Strength. Emotional strength. Not small thing. Uh, you are crying. No. In Christ, you have an inheritance of strength. You go through things that people wonder, how come you were able to go through this? How come you were able to go through this? The winds will blow. Eh? The storms will come. The floods will come. And you'll still be standing. What, what kills others will not kill you. Yes. Jesus didn't promise us a life without struggles and problems. No. Plenty of persecution, all kinds of things. But he says that you, even though you go through the fire, you shall not be bent. Even though you go through the waters, you shall not be drowned. 
Isn't it? Yeah. A thousand shall, that's Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2. It says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be there with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. They shall, when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Why? Because I'm with you. And I'm in you. So it's not that you will not go through anything as a child of God. You will go through things. Winds will blow. Challenges will come. The business may flop. Things may not work. Whatever it is, you still stand straight. You still stand tall. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. So it's not that you don't go through anything. I tell you, we've gone through things. I've gone through a lot of things. I was telling my brother one of some of the things. So many issues, so many things. Yes, he's gone through a lot of things. Still standing. I was telling him some few minutes ago, I said that the things you have gone through and you are still standing, it inspires me. Yeah. Winds, floods, things come, but you are still standing. It's one of the inheritance we have in Jesus. That when the world is collapsing, the world is dying, things are going wrong. Listen, there are Christian martyrs, Christians who have been beheaded, and they were beheaded laughing and smiling. Strong, strength like never before. Because it is part of the inheritance we have in Christ. Strength. You are going through things, people are wondering whether you are cursed, people are wondering whether whether you have done something wrong, whether you are caught, whether you are what, what people are wondering, a lot of people are standing behind and are wondering what's going on with this guy. God his God has left him. No. I'm going to the fire. I'm going to the waters. But a thousand shall fall at my side. And ten thousand at my right side. But it shall not come nigh thee. Yes. Only with my eyes shall I behold the reward of the wicked. Though they come against you one, one way, he says they shall flee before you what? Several ways. They will come against you, but they are sure to flee. So don't, don't, don't be a child of God who prays special prayers when problems are coming. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You change your confessions when there are problems. When problems come now, hey, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? What has gone? What has happened? What did I do? Hebrews chapter, Hebrew chapter 13, verse 5. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let's read in the Amplified. He says, let your character and moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. Why? Says be satisfied. Don't be moved. No matter what level you are on, don't be moved. I know you are hoping for some things to happen. It may not have happened. Don't be moved. Don't be don't don't be distracted. Why? For he, God Himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not. I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you. Not let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. I'm not the one saying it. God is. He says, don't give up. Don't be moved. Don't let the church is not growing, so you are moved. Don't look at those things. Don't look at those things. The marriage has not come. So you are. It's like no. There are things you go through. God. God is happy. Eh, that you are, you, are, you are showing strength in it. Yeah. He's, he's excited. He tells his angels, look at, my, look at my son. The guy is going through a lot, but he's not giving up. Still moving. Still doing a lot for me. And, and God will say, thank God for his life. God will say, thank God for his life. <laughs> see, I'll never go down. Yeah. A 
a child of God is not one who does not go through anything. No, it doesn't be that. A child of God is one who goes through things, but comes out stronger all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. Have you read Second Corinthians chapter chapter two, verse fourteen? Now thanks be unto God. Now thanks be unto God. Tell you, but now thanks be unto God. I told you God to be thanking God for your life. Now thanks be unto God, which always, always, not sometimes. So no matter what you are going through, there's one sure end. The end is that you are going to win. You are winning. I'm winning on every side. I'm winning on every side. I'm winning on every side. I'm coming out strong. Stronger than ever. I'm getting stronger and greater by the day. Yes, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. One of the things you have in Christ is that you have triumph. You have victory all the time. It makes no difference what is going on. Yeah, when you look at the storms, you collapse. Oh, I tell you. When you think about the things that are going on around you, you look at the no money, you look at the no whatever, no this, no that, no child, no house, no car, no wife, no bed, no hostel, no fees, no whatever. You sink. You will sink. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Oh. Tell me, but keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Oh. Yes. By you, he will make the savor of his knowledge spread everywhere. Yes. When your neighbors look at you and they wonder, hey, Charlie, this guy, how? This one is strong, very strong. <laughs> the strongest so far. The next thing, point number two, the second fact. Ten facts of the new bed. Fact number one is what? You are in Christ. It's a fact, though. It's a fact. And if you have to dwell on that fact. Okay? As a child of God, don't shift. Don't shift the goalposts. Don't shift your gaze. Honestly. Don't change your prayers. Hmm. I don't want to mention some of the prayer topics. But when you hear a prayer topic, check, check with, the, with the scriptures. Ah, is this... I'm, should I pray like this? Have you ever heard of praying amiss? Praying amiss. You are offside song. And then you think that because, because you are strong, you are praying in strength. Hold on, hold on. I'm not saying praying like that is wrong. I didn't say that. I pray like that. But the content of your prayer makes a lot of a difference. What are you praying about? What are you praying for? You think it's a strength that makes things work? No. It's the knowledge. It's the knowledge you're expressing in the prayer. You see, what you are praying about and why you are praying, what you, what you are praying for, makes a world of a difference. So important. Though. That's how a lot of people are praying, but they are not getting any results. And they are frustrated. And then something happens and then they are off. They are no more Christians. Because they've been praying for a long time. They are offended that God, God, I've been praying for this, I've been praying for that. There are things you are not supposed to pray about. There are things God is expecting you to speak about. Next, next point. Christ is in you. 
This is different from the first one. The first one is, you are in Christ. This one is, Christ is in you. Remember that Christ is in you. They are not the same. You are in Christ, and Christ is also in you. You remember what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 20. He says that at that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. So, he's in the Father, we are in him, and he is also in us. Have you seen it? So, there's the knowledge of who Christ is in you. Who is this Jesus who is in you? Because when you get born again, something also happens. Christ comes into you. Apart from you being in Christ, Christ also comes to make his abode in you. And there are two different things that brings two different kinds of results. Okay? So Colossians chapter 1 verse 26, Paul mentions the secret that has been hidden from ages past. It's not you are in Christ, but Christ is in you. There's a secret, there's a mystery that was hidden before the ages began. And that secret is Christ in you, not you in Christ. Christ in you. Christ in you. So he says, even the mission which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the mystery, the glory of this mystery. So there's a mystery that was hidden. And he says that God is ready to reveal that secret to all of his saints. And he has revealed it now. What is that secret? Among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ in you is a mystery that has been hidden, is a mystery that was hidden before the ages began. It's what the angels were looking forward to look at. They could, they, they wondered how God could live in human beings. God, human beings living in God was not a problem. But how could God live in human beings? How could God make his abode in human beings? Christ in you, he says, is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Who is this Jesus in you? God wants you to be Christ in you conscious as a child of God. Ten facts of the new birth. Christ in you conscious. You have to become Christ inside conscious. Who is this Jesus in you? Who is this? The greater one lives. So a verse like this, 1 John 4, 4. It's a verse that goes along this line. It says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Remembering that there's a greater one in you is what puts you over in every circumstance of life. The depression will run away if you remember that Jesus, who is the prince of peace, Jesus is the prince of peace. Jesus said that I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The one who is conscious of not leaving us without comfort eh, is living inside you. The creator of the whole universe is living inside you. Who is this Jesus in you? It's Christ in you. Now, who is this Christ in you? You have to go on a journey of finding out who this Jesus is in you. You see, look at John 6, John 16, 33. John 16, 33. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Can you imagine that Jesus wants you to have perfect peace and have confidence in him? In the world, you have tribulation, I told you, and trials, and distress, and frustration. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Take take courage. Be confident. Certain, undaunted. Be undaunted in life. He's assuring you that there will be problems. But then don't worry about the problems. Why? For I, 
Who is I? Who is I? This is Jesus. We are talking about Jesus. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? The the maker of all things. The Keep your finger here. Go to Colossians chapter 1. You should know who this Jesus is. When you get to know who this Jesus is, and you know that he's in you, you will not be worried. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That verse, you have to, you have to say it to yourself. Remind yourself of it all through your life. Greater is he. I'm going through a lot, but greater is he that is in me. Greater is he that is in me. Don't go and look for some prophet to, to see the spirit for you. You don't, you don't need it. You don't need it. What you need is to enter the word. Enter the word. You are of God. Let's and overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You must understand that the one in you is greater than all the problems you will ever go through. Than all the challenges you will ever, that will ever come your way. Than all the problems that will ever come your way. All the seeming limitations cannot be compared to this greater one who is inside you. So if you, if you forget who you are in him, remember who he is in you. Yeah. Who is this one in me? Yeah. Who is this greater one in me? Who is he? Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. The Bible says that he's the firstborn of all creation. Then, next verse, verse, verse 16 says, For by him, for by Jesus. Okay? For by Jesus. The, let, let's read the ASV. ASV will show you the difference. It says, For in him. So he is the place. For in him were all things created. He is the place of creation. All of creation was created in him. I'm not the one says, It says, For in him were all things created. Then it says, in, he- in the heavens and upon the earth, things visible and things invisible. In anything that can come against you, that is visible. Anything that can come against you, that is invisible. He says that all those things were created in him. Are you seeing it? Things visible and things invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, including the witches in your family. What about witches in your family? I tell you, it's not that which is not greater than Jesus Christ. Whatever challenge, problem, sickness, whatever it is that is in your body, it, it cannot be compared to the power of Jesus Christ. It cannot. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things have been created through him and unto him. The, the king, go back to the King James. The King James says it was created by him and for him. Look at it. It says all things were created by him and all things were created for him. All the things that can be arrayed against you was created for him. So when, you, when the thing comes, you are facing the thing with the one who created the thing. What do you think will happen to that thing? Yes, all things are going to work together for your good. You cannot be drowned. You cannot go down. A Christian cannot be defeated. You cannot be defeated in your life. So remembering who he is, the greater one lives inside. The greater one lives inside. Yeah, the one who is a source of all wisdom and all knowledge dwells in me. I know what to do. I will never lack wisdom. Have you read First Corinthians 1 30 before? It says, Of him, but of him are ye. First Corinthians 1 verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Jesus is wisdom unto me. Christ in me is my source of wisdom. I do not lack wisdom. I always know what to do. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I always know which answers to choose. I know who to marry. I am not confused. I know what to do. I know what to do. I know which business to choose. I know which investment to choose. 
the problem is that when it comes to choosing the investment, we listen to our friends. And we listen to what they are saying around. We listen to the bankers. You may have a banker who is not filled with the Holy Ghost at all. Who is just showing you the numbers. And using another light to show you what is going on. He's just using a natural normal light. But there's a light that is greater than all. Jesus said, listen, Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 12. I am the light of the world. Look at it, John 8 12. Then Jesus spoke again unto them saying, I. Jesus in me is light. He's light. He's the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I have light in this life. I have light in this life. I am not confused. I know what to do. I know where to go. Someone said, should I, should I travel abroad? Should I, the country is difficult. Should I go? Should I stay? Should I? I know what to do. I know what to do. Yeah. Don't think that traveling abroad is a, is a, is a, is a success of all time. Is a key to success. You are making a very big mistake. You'll be surprised. <laughs> You'll be shocked. Jesus is wisdom in me. I'm full of wisdom. He's my righteousness. The greatest of all is inside me. How can I fail? You see, when, when you think about Christ in you, the question is, how can I fail? The question is, what can limit my success? No, you are walking around with God inside. Just imagine if you, if you thought like that all the time. Instead of thinking that you are walking around with your family inside. Yeah, you think, you, a lot of Christians think that they think from the point of where they were born. Yes. The ancestors. <laughs> hey, Charlie, it's, it's going to worry you, I tell you. I tell you. They think from a lot of limitation, a lot of oh, my, my home, this is where I come from. Let's be, let's be serious. Let's, let's face reality. Let's be real. Let's just face reality. What is the reality, honestly? What is the reality, honestly? Hmm? Paul said, let God be true and all men liars, including you. Including you, especially you. Let God be true in your life. Let what God has said be true in your life. The creator of the universe is living inside you. Can you imagine? What can't he do? There's another song like that. Yeah. Creator of the universe. Let's not sing it. Let me just. <laughs> what can't you do? What can't you do? Jesus. Name above every other name. What can't you change? What can't you change? Jesus. Just, just imagine putting the trouble in front of you and singing the songs to the, to the trouble. There's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing that Jesus cannot do. You, this problem, you are going to be, you are nothing. You are nothing. There's nothing he cannot change. And he's inside me. He's inside me. 
His insights is living in the cortex of your heart. He's living inside you. This Jesus, the one who walked on water, is inside you. This Jesus, who healed the lepers, is sitting inside you. How can there be leprosy on your hand? How can there be cancer in your body? This Jesus, who at, at a mere touch of the hem of his garment, sickness fell off. This Jesus is sitting inside you. He says, as you give him glory like that, that power inside you just flows out of your body and changes things around you. He's sitting inside you. The greatest revelation of all time, of all time, of all time, of all time, is that Jesus is inside you. You are doing life with him. You are doing life with him. You are not doing life without him. You are doing life with him. He's in you. He's going through with you. And he's winning every single battle for you. So one of the things a child of God should do is to focus on praising who he is. Praising the beauty of holiness. In the midst of the problems, thank God. He says, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you in Christ. In Christ Jesus, this is the will of God. Give thanks. Always be, always be full of thanksgiving. Always be full of thanksgiving. In Christ, all you need to do is to thank him. Focus on him. Focus on his greatness. Focus on his power. Praise the beauty of his holiness. And every single challenge will bow down. Not cry when the challenge comes. Not wonder if God is with you. So there are prayers with, God, are you with me? God, are you with me? Didn't hear what he said. He says, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will not. I will not. I will not ever leave you. I will never fail you or let my hold on you. No. Yes. Assuredly not. Assuredly not. He's inside. He says, Christ in you is a hope of glory. You want to see glory in your life? Focus on who he is. Focus on Jesus inside, I tell you. Man of God, focus on Jesus inside. Preach these things to your, your people. You'll be shocked. They will change. They will be happy. You have a happy church. Yeah. If you are not careful, you have a sad church. You will be sad as the pastor, and everybody in the church will be sad. Yeah. Because when you look at the problems, <laughs> Pastor Mark says, you all be sad to see <laughs> When you look at the problems that are, that, that, the things. Hey. You see, if you have grown small, if you have grown small, you will notice that there are a lot of problems in life. You notice that what Jesus said is true. You, you will know that what he said is true. Yes, in this world, you will have many, you will have many problems, many trials, many tribulations. No matter the country you find yourself in, you can be in Canada and still be struggling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The greater one lives inside. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So focus on that. It's a key fact of the new creation, of the new, of the new, of the new birth. It's a key fact. Christ is in you. Wisdom is in you. Power is in you. Yes. Jesus is the power of God. Yes. And he's inside you. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. 
Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.